0: This is the
1: story of Dracula, a creature who destroys all whom he touches, Dracula the terrifying, the feared, who sleeps in the tombs of the dead by day, and arises at night to inflict his terror upon the innocent and the unsuspecting. You must help me, you must, you're my only hope, you must. I'll help you, I promise.
2: Please try and understand. This is
1: not Lucy, the sister you loved. It's only a shell, possessed and corrupted by the evil of Dracula. How do you destroy a fiend who has so far proven himself indestructible? Those who come to end his reign of terror stay to become
0: his victims. The castle Dracula is summoned here in Klausenburg. Will you tell me how I
2: get there? You ordered a meal, sir. As an innkeeper, it's my duty to serve you. When you've eaten, I ask you to go and leave us in peace.
1: This is the doctor who dares to challenge the vampire Dracula. This is the anguished man who fears for the lives of his beloved, the girl who is his sister and the one that is his wife. Dracula, the bedeviled master of all that is evil. fellow galactic travelers and welcome back to planet eight this is your mission commander larry speaking to you from our hidden base chief engineer bob is here by my side as always in the command center and circling planet eight in our orbital spy satellite is reconnaissance officer karen and on this episode of planet eight Your intrepid crew is back with our all-video format here on YouTube. We'll be discussing Hammer Dracula films, specifically films that featured and starred Christopher Lee. Straight away, we're going to kick it up to the satellite. Karen, if you could give our listeners a little background on why we selected this topic in the middle of summer and um, <laughs> where we're going to possibly go uh, with this in uh, this episode.
2: Sure,
0: nothing, nothing
2: says summer like Dracula.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's so warm and inviting. Um, well, blood is very warm, but actually we owe this one to Bob. Bob really came up with this. And you know, you could say there might have been some inspiration uh, out there in the, uh, the universe because of a couple of things that happened uh, towards the end of May here. One of them being World Dracula Day on May 26th. This is an international celebration of the uh, publication of Bram Stoker's Dracula on May 26th, back in 1897. So, of course, without that, we would not have Dracula as we know and, and love him. And then the second thing being the birthday of the great Christopher Lee, as Larry mentioned, we're looking at Hammer and specifically Christopher Lee as Dracula. And uh, Christopher Lee was born on May 27th, so a day after World Dracula Day, kind of eerie. Uh, He was born in uh, 1922, May 27th. So Dracula, the book, Dracula as portrayed by the great Christopher Lee, all kind of happening at the end of May and maybe providing some great inspiration for our chief engineer to say, hey, we should do Dracula. And we said, sure, why not? We love those movies. So that's uh, why
2: this, this episode is hitting the streets on June eighth, which yes. means July eighth.
1: Oh June eighth, you're right. 8th. Sorry. <laughs>
2: so that means that in podcast time, yesterday was my birthday. <laughs> so we'll um, also sure be
0: celebrating Bob's Dracula. birthday. In the Everybody... Dracula
2: Fane, no no pun intended.
0: So a very happy birthday to Bob in the future. Please feel free
2: to. After the episode.
0: Yeah. Happy belated
2: early. <laughs> yeah. Belated early birthday. Yeah. This is I the hope you had fun. Travel. So what are you going to be doing on your birthday yesterday?
1: <laughs> anyway. Watching Hammer Dracula films. No. But, well.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see what, what we come up with next. But yeah, so that's why we're doing this here. We each uh, focus specifically on on one movie. And we'll kind of weave our way through those films here in this episode. So, uh, Larry, do you want to uh, get us started?
1: I do. Thank you very much, my dear Walker. And, you know, if if we're to be absolutely honest and truthful, sometimes we just flip a coin to decide what we're going to (laughs) do next. This had some rhyme and reason to it. There's some stuff that we've done in the past and most certainly coming forward that, uh, it's going to be fun, but, um, yeah. So, uh, I had the good fortune of watching the first Dracula film that was, uh, 1958. And so one of the things I think we should probably share with you guys, especially some of our uh, listeners and watchers who haven't Watch. I don't know why you wouldn't have watched these hammer horror movies. Um, if you've only ever been exposed to like Bella Lugosi's uh, Dracula or uh, as, as Bob had shared with us in some of our texts while we were discussing this Leslie Neal's version of Dracula.
2: <laughs> your favorite Dracula? Yes. Leslie Nielsen.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, <clears throat> you know, there was a certain cadence. And and way that Bela Lugosi portrayed uh, Dracula, and and he did it uh, the two times the the Dracula film and then the Abbott and Costello. Now he, he did the Broadway you know production for quite some time, but in, in cinema, and it's brilliant. Hopefully, you've seen Bela Lugosi's Dracula, um, but you know a lot of the uh, I should the horror that was portrayed in the film was alluded to, but at the time it was like just crazy. No no one had ever seen anything like that. you know, the the dead rising and and you know, vampirism and all that stuff. Um, what what hammer did, you know, what was it? thirty, some odd years later, twenty some odd years later. um they they it was in color. and it was very, for the time, again, graphic. One of the things I'll I'll get into that really strikes me, Christopher Lee is a very tall person, and and the way that he would run down the stairs in a fit of anger was mesmerizing to me as a kid, and even rewatching these because I don't I don't know about you guys I haven't seen this for at least ten years. Hmm. Um, it, it had been a while. Yeah, So to go back in. So just to kind of fill you in on some of the the history on this Dracula, uh, 1958, uh, British Gothic horror. And um, Hammer did it so well for for a lot of their films, not just the Dracula movies. And um, it was written by Jimmy Sangster based on obviously Bram Stoker's novel. Um hammer horror films starring Christopher Lee as Count Dracula. And we shouldn't forget Peter Cushing as Dr. Van Helsing. Phenomenal job. I mean, both of these guys are just so believable, such good actors. Um, Bob and I were kind of going back and forth because I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch Dracula. He's like, well, isn't that also horror of Dracula? And so it is both titles uh, are, are out there for this film. It's the 1958 version, though.
0: Yeah, I think the U.S. had the horror of Dracula.
1: They okay, that was the. Um, yeah, so I mean, basically, it, it follows you know the the story of Dracula with Jonathan Harker um, goes to the castle, but in this version, um, he's confronted by this this woman who he doesn't realize is a is a vampire. And, um, you know, she's she's asking for his help, basically, like she's being held against her will. And, um, yeah, at first, Dracula was like, oh, please, you know, Mr. Harker, we're going to, you know, have you help me with, um, you know, whatever paperwork and and stuff. He was uh, a librarian, right? G- kind of sort of. It, it sounded like he was almost is- like a. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was he was like archiving work for Dracula and stuff like that, which made me think, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe a librarian. Um, He's friends with Van Helsing, though. And so Van Helsing had been working with Harker to bring down Dracula, right?
0: Yeah, they they took a lot of liberties with the the plot from the the book. (laughs) Which,
1: you know, in, in some cases, you don't want to watch the same story by different actors. Yeah,
0: it was fun. Yeah, It was just interesting how they changed it. Up, changed yeah, it, up. it kind of
1: threw me for a minute because I'm like, wait a minute. He put what? OK, um, but it worked. One of the things that I appreciate very quickly getting out of the Dracula universe was the um, Sony's latest uh, version of, of Spider-Man with uh, with Tom um, Holland. Colin, yeah, and they didn't bother to go into, you know, he got bit by a spider, just jumped into it. But at that point, everybody knew who Spider Man is. So with this, everybody knows who Dracula is, and and you know he goes after Jonathan Harker, and and unfortunately, um, well, fortunately, Jonathan keeps a diary, and there's this little like um there, there's I don't know if it was the Virgin Mary, but there's a little alcove. With the saint in it and some flowers outside of the castle. And he puts his uh journal in there. And he he gotten bitten. The, the, the woman, you know, came at him and and you know, Dracula pushes her away. And, and he unfortunately Jonathan does not survive. But he writes in the in the journal, I've been bitten, you know. And so um it's so well acted because. You know, the, and we always talk about, you know, the lack of CGI and, and you know, there's a lot of visual effects. Um, so when Peter Cushion goes to look for Jonathan, he goes to the local tavern and they treat him like crap, you know, but Peter Cushion's like, no, I'm I'm here to do this, that and the other. And, you know, if, if there is no great evil, why do you have cloves of garlic up in your tavern and stuff like that? So. Um, you know, there there's some back and forth and there's a little bit of a story with Lucy and it, you know it's it's under a different because Jonathan's married to someone. Sorry, excuse me. We we can't mute our mic when we're on camera. You know.
2: <laughs> I <Hi>, can. <Jen. laughs>
1: um Lucy Holmwood. Yeah. And and her photos are gone because he had like pictures of her set up. But Dracula kind of like had a plan and uh, uh, Van Helsing tries to stop and, and uh, he's successful. One of the great things I, I was looking forward to these films is how Dracula dies and how he's resurrected. And we didn't cover all the films. We each took on one. So there's three. What is there like a total of six or seven I Dracula think, films? I oh, see.
2: So not counting Brides of Dracula, but the ones that to me would be Dracula, Dracula Prince of Darkness, Taste the Blood of Dracula, Dracula's Risen from the Grave. Uh, then does it go to 80. 1972. 72. And then there's sat- Satanic Rites of Dracula. So there's okay. six. Yeah. I believe, unless I forgot one. You
0: yeah. don't want to count "Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires." <laughs> well,
2: again, that's, that's not Christopher. Well, Christopher Lee's, well, Lee's not in it. Cushing is in that one, though, right?
0: Cushing is not Lee. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah. So
2: anyway, yeah, uh, it, it's about fun about to Lee, see yeah, six. So
1: yeah, it, it, for me, it was fun to see how he uh, he gets resurrected. So um, in this version, there's this wonderful epic battle between Dracula and. And Van Helsing and, um, yeah, you know, Van Helsing, he, he almost gets choked out. But at the last minute, the sun shines through and he's able to tear the curtain down. Oh, and he, he uses the cross too to, you know, drive the, ah, and he can't.
2: Oh, he's got two candlesticks. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He makes the cross out of the two candlesticks.
2: It's always amazing like, to see Peter Cushing with like action music. <laughs> you always think of him as an English gentleman. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's he's a wiry little guy, but he yeah. you know he handles himself well.
2: He he does
1: indeed. It was a lot of fun to watch them there. Such good actors. Um, and so you know the sun gets Dracula, he turns to dust, and cue credits. Uh, that's basically the movie in a nutshell. One of the things I found interesting, and I was trying to see. What the actor's name is, but at some point they're chasing Dracula because he has, yeah, he's in the carriage and, um, you know, trying to escape. And there's this comic bit where where this guy puts the the gate down or the, I don't know what it's called, the banister, and and they run through it, and the guy does like Ooh, like these crazy little <laughs> things, and then it gets back to being serious again, and. It, Kind of threw me. I mean, it wasn't like haha ha, Benny Hill comedy, but it was kind of like zany. But um, anyway, yeah, zany madcap humor. I know. No. In a weird place to put it, it was towards the end uh, of the movie, um, I feel
0: like they often did that with sort of the you know the the townsfolk. They would have them be sort of these caricatures that brought in humor to lighten up some of the, the, I mean, these were, like you said, they they felt like very graphic movies at the time.
1: Indeed. Um, and it's interesting because they, they, as the films go on, they kind of set up like, you know, the whole Gothic take, there's always going to be um, the castle. There's always going to be, a carriage, you know, drawn by horses. There's always going to be, you know, the local tavern. Um, there's always going to be someone who put the garlic away or, or didn't, you know, lock the window or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, though, it was also very, um, you know, they, they, they weren't overdoing it with the blood, but they definitely, you know, with the stake in the heart, blood would manifest so um yeah that's
2: that's all i got okay who's next
0: that would be me yes so the movie i watched and will speak about is dracula prince of darkness this is from 1966 And this is Christopher Lee's second appearance as Dracula. Now, technically not the second Dracula movie from Hammer. They did make a second film called Brides of Dracula, but it's kind Mm -hmm. of a cheat because Dracula's not really in that movie and it doesn't have Christopher Lee in it. So I think we sort of just decided, oh, that's not really... (laughs) <laughs> not really a Dracula movie we're not let's really going
2: to count it. that one
0: yeah let's just well, kind it's of kinda like
1: the universal um Dracula's daughter yeah
0: yeah it's okay. kind of a right. you know I think it has you know it has good qualities but it's like is it a Dracula I don't know oh yeah yeah definitely so, but yeah so um this is a rather interesting one, I think, because uh, while it does have Lee, it doesn't have Cushing. Cushing was off doing Doctor Who. Oh. But I really enjoy the replacement for the Van Helsing character. Instead of Van Helsing, we have Father Sandor. Father Sandor is this sort of uh, gruff, uh, stocky monk who uh, runs around the the countryside um chastising villagers and shooting deer and <laughs> generally sort of uh you know chastising everybody um played by andrew Kerr. and andrew Kerr also he's been he was in a lot of different films but um for the hammer connection and he may have been in more than one other film but i know he was in Quatermass in the pit which is probably my favorite hammer film of all time um and he does a really great job in the role it's i mean i would have loved to have seen more adventures with father sandor you know taking down vampires and hunting the undead i thought he was a, a really cool character um that, you know, could have could have given Van Helsing a run for his money. Maybe they could have teamed up. That would have been cool. <laughs> um, and this film is also really uh, notorious because Christopher Lee, Dracula does not speak at all. Right. In, in this film. And there's two stories that have gone around. One, um, Christopher Lee said that he read the script and he went into the production offices and he said if you think i'm going to speak any of these lines you are sadly mistaken mm. and he just refused to to say any of the lines cuz he thought it was so poorly written now the other side of the story is that jimmy sangster who wrote the the script but used a pseudonym in the movie for whatever reasons you can take your guess uh jimmy sangster says no, I never gave Dracula any dialogue because we felt that he was more of a menacing, you know, animalistic, mystical figure. So we just didn't feel like he needed any dialogue. So, you know, there may be one side may be right. The other may be, maybe it's down the middle. I don't know. But it's it's kind of odd that he doesn't speak. Um, I, I think in some scenes it's really effective, but in other scenes, it just seems kind of weird. Um, you know, here he is all dressed up in his gentlemanly outfit and everything, and he's kind of just growling and, you know, hissing. He does come across very much, um, yeah, like an animal. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't seem to have that intellect that you, connect with Dracula. I, you know, I always think of Dracula as being very demonic. And um, there's not a whole lot of that in the film. But, you know, it, it seems like Christopher Lee would get kind of pissed off about different roles and do whatever he wanted. So this was, this was the way he decided <laughs> to play it.
2: Well, um, most of the movies I've seen, Dracula movies with Christopher Lee, he doesn't have a lot of dialogue. Right. He'll issue and comparisons it, or whatever, but, I mean, it's it's really not... Not too extensive,
0: yeah, and that apparently started with this film, and you know there's other with some of the other films he also has remarked about his displeasure with the scripts, so but he was happy enough to take the money, oh yeah, you <laughs> know <laughs> so and and he does have such an amazing amazing presence, so even without speaking, like Larry said, he's physically uh impressive, he's a big man, and he's you know very physical. I mean, he's a very physical Dracula, you know, so many other Draculas, Bela Lugosi and others who followed him, you know, they're much more restrained in their movements and things. This is a Dracula that runs around and leaps and does all these things, you know. Um, Like I
1: said, him coming down those stairs, he's always like upset. It's it's just like whoosh. It's
0: this,
1: you know, like a ballet, you know, you're just like, whoa. Um, This is the film uh it, it had been like 10 years or something since since Van right. Helsing vanquished right Dracula right and this is the priest with the rifle yes he reminds so, me of of a uh sala from Indiana Jones <laughs> <laughs> I his cadence that. yeah well, i love the way that they resurrected dracula in this one this this was the one where they hung the guy well, oh sorry yeah. sorry it was, so,
0: so so just in case anybody hasn't seen it or it's been a long time, essentially the story is, it's been 10 years since the first film. And so Dracula's gone. These four English uh, folks come, two couples, a uh, two brothers and their wives, and they're on holiday, right? Why they chose to go on holiday, <laughs> you know, in essentially Transylvania, I don't know. Anyway, people have different ideas of what's cool. Um, and we start out in this, you know, they start out with a, a prologue from the first film. They show how Dracula was killed, and then oh, they sh- that's right? Yeah, and then they start with the the couples, and they're, you know, in this tavern, and and uh, then, uh, you know, they're like, you know, talking about their plans, and then Father Sandor comes in, and he sees the garlic hung up, and he's like, ah, you know, you guys are still afraid of the boogeyman it's been 10 years and and the couple says well we're you know we're headed to carlsbad and he's then all of a sudden he gets very serious and he tells them, don't go to carlsbad you know whatever you want to do do something else don't go to carlsbad and whatever you do don't go to the castle so what do these people do they wind up in the castle (laughs) (laughs) so they they wind up in the castle and uh the whole time, one of the women, the old, older woman of these two couples, Helen, she's always telling them, she's the only one amongst the four of them that says, I don't think we should go to Carl. I don't think we should go to the castle. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do that. She's very, very rigid. And she's like, we shouldn't be doing all this stuff.
1: That, that's the one with the funny look on her face, like throughout the whole. Like...
0: <laughs> she's like very restrained, right? Very <laughs> depressed. Things change for Helen real quick. So they, they get to the castle and then, you know, dinner is all set up and they're like, what's going on? And all of a sudden this creepy dude pops up. He's the butler, Clove, the butler. And he's like, oh, my master's been expecting you. And they're like, oh, well, that's fabulous. Can we meet him? No, he's dead. <laughs> but, you know, he wanted to maintain hospitality for anybody who passed through. And they're like, oh, that's great. And again, Helen is like, this is crazy. We shouldn't be here. And everybody's like, oh, you're just uptight. Just relax. Everybody goes to bed. Middle of the night, noises. Helen's husband, Charles, goes out and look, And there's Clove dragging this huge trunk down the hallway and down the stairs. And he's like, well, that's odd. Let me go see what's up. And she's like, don't leave, don't leave. And oh, Helen, everything's going to be fine. And then she says... He says, everything will be fine in the morning. And she says, there will be no morning for us. So then we get to the part you're thinking of, Larry, which is a really, like for a Hammer film even, it was ghastly. So Charles goes down into whatever, the basement, down the stairs. Doot, 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 goes downstairs. He's looking for Clove. Clove comes up behind him. Well, He looks around and he finds this big tomb. So he's like, wow, that's a really big tomb. What's that doing here? Dude, get, get out of there. No, they never get out, right? <laughs> they just like look around, oh, a big tomb in the basement. <laughs> and then he finds this urn and he's like, oh, I wonder what the urn's for. And then stabs him in the back, pulls him around. And like,
1: now, now I, I mean, walker, was there like a pair of shoes and a fresh pressed tux?
0: Right, exactly. Dracula's <laughs> suit is all laid out too. The cape. With it, the red was it binding. really?
1: It's oh, like, that's like hilarious.
0: <laughs> so, so, and then Clove has this this pulley system. He he, he hangs poor Charles up above the 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 tomb. And he puts Dracula's ashes from the urn in the in the tomb. Cuts his throat, and this is the part that everybody remembers. He cuts his throat from behind, and then you just see this bright red. Now it's comically red, right? Because, like, yeah. you, know, you know you know, blood doesn't look bright red. But it, to see it spurting out into the tomb um, was really, like, I can remember as a kid. This is why when I was a little kid, I had a hard time watching Hammer movies, like, alone or late at night. Because <laughs> I always get really freaked out. And a lot of times I didn't really see these movies till I was like in my late teens. Um, and well, I, I just, thought
1: I was diseased because whenever I'd get a cut, my blood would never look like movie blood. And I'm like, is there something wrong with me? Why well, yes. Yeah. So,
0: so yeah, this is, this is the way they brought him back in this one. It is interesting the different ways they bring him back. So apparently, even if Dracula is just a pile of ashes, if you pour blood on it, he and it was kind of cool the way his body started shaping in the ashes, you know. It, it kind coming. of reminded
1: me of the bubbles from the the um, invasion of the body snatchers, right? It kind of <laughs> like started like foaming like, and it was
0: like a brown foam, and then you started seeing yeah. structures and everything. It was kind of cool.
2: Now, after they bled him into the urn, did they pick up Dracula's suit and like drop it in there so when you- he? Would, <laughs> you would think that would
0: be, you know, then he wouldn't have the indignity of running around naked. Um, yeah, we didn't really get to see that part of it. But then, so then, poor Helen Clove goes back upstairs, and he says, "Oh, your husband, please come quickly," and and she's oh, she goes downstairs, and of course, there's the man, Dracula. He's he's revived and 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 ready to drink. And so uh, poor Helen becomes his first victim. And then, uh, and then from there, you know, it becomes this situation <laughs> where the two younger folk, who are Alan and Diana, um, trying to escape from Dracula's castle. And at this point, Helen has gone from repressed to quite the opposite. Now that she has been vamped up, she literally vamped up by, by Dracula. She's uh, completely expressing herself now uh, as a woman. Well, it's an interesting undercurrent of these it films, is. isn't <laughs> it? That, like sort of the vampirism and sexuality and everything, right? So. Well, I like
1: the way you, you said she got vamped up because one of the things I remember was just the discomfort. And, and it wasn't terror, but she was definitely uncomfortable and afraid that something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And after the transformation, she was like, wow, wow. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: exactly. So, yeah, they, uh, they wind up um, fleeing. Uh, to make a long story short, they get hooked back up with Father Sandor. They go to the monastery um, where he's at. Uh, poor uh, Diana had been injured, but she wasn't, she didn't get vamped up. <laughs> and uh, from there, it's a matter of trying to uh, prevent Dracula. Dracula is determined now to, to go after Diana. So they're trying to keep him out of the monastery. But there's a character in the, the monastery who uh, had been a former human servant of Dracula. So this guy is sort of like a Renfield character. And I don't think there was a Renfield character in the, um, the earlier Dracula fine. film. Yeah, he kind
1: of reminded oh, me of Geppetto. He looked like Geppetto, Pinocchio's father. Kind of threw me off.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So that guy is the one who winds up letting Dracula into the monastery. And there's a really talking about eroticism again in the films. There's a really weird scene where Dracula gets into um, Diana's room. And he bears his chest and uses a nail to cut his chest so he's bleeding. And then he tries to get Diana to drink the blood, and she gets all googly-eyed.
2: <laughs> She's all
0: oh. But uh, fortunately is 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 you know again saved from Dracula. Uh, and then more hijinks ensue. They start heading back uh to the castle with uh Uh, Father Sandor and uh, Alan chasing and uh, we see another novel way to defeat Dracula which is he's standing on ice and uh, Father Sandor winds up shooting he winds up shooting the ice all around Dracula Dracula is bobbing on the ice and then he slips and he falls in the water so I guess the flowing water Something about purity and the water and anyway, that takes care of Dracula, which is slightly anticlimactic, but, you know, it it works. And uh, that was that was the end for him.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things I forgot to mention was the contacts that they used. Oh yeah! Either that, or they put battery acid in Christopher Lee's eyes to <laughs> give him bloodshot.
2: Yeah. It's all your eyes. Whole
1: whole lot. <laughs>
0: they were they were incredibly red and very
1: effective. You know, especially he's not talking that much, but he gives you that. Blah, mm-hmm. You know.
0: And you know, when they were making this movie, I, I was looking up some stuff in a book, which I'll share later. Um, they were also filming Rasputin, the Mad Monk. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of, because they they were able to use some of the same um, sets, like the monastery and some of the other things, it was sort of a um, cost-saving measure that they used even some of the same cast mm-hmm. in both films. So they were able to to kind of shave some some of the costs off of uh, the production for both films while they were doing this. But uh, yeah, I think that's all I've got for this one. I I really enjoyed it though. Um, You know, of course, I I love seeing Peter Cushing, but I thought it was interesting to introduce a a different adversary for Dracula and uh, some of the, uh, the other elements they brought in that were kind of, Reminiscent of the original novel, like the um, human servants that I don't think we really saw much of before. Mm. So those were those were um, both really interesting parts that they put into this film. Excellent. Mr. Bob. That
2: takes over to Bob. Yes. Well, you know, I was trying to pick between uh, Taste the Blood of Dracula and Dracula Has Risen from the Grave. Uh, Taste the Blood of Dracula came right after Karen's film, Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Uh, but I chose Dracula has risen from the grave. And it's funny because I looked online and there was a plot synopsis for it. And the plot synopsis said, vampire, in parentheses, Christopher Lee, bites women and falls on a sharp object. <laughs> and that sums the whole thing up. Perfectly right there. That's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much the uh, plot. But one thing I noticed, I like, watching because I watched, I watched Dracula, I watched this, and I also watched uh, Dracula, uh, AD nineteen seventy two, and uh, it seems like a running theme is Dracula's always out for vengeance. Hmm. He's always trying, you know, like Van Helsing is after him, so he goes after Van Helsing's family or you know somebody else is after he goes after them so just leave the guy alone (laughs) and maybe everything would be fine but no they never do so in dracula has risen from the grave which he doesn't actually we'll get into that in a minute but it's like dracula has risen from the stream is basically what it is but uh yeah it starts out with an altar boy going into the church. And he looks up in the ceiling, he sees blood dripping from the ceiling. So he goes upstairs, which is basically the bell loft, and he sees blood dripping from the bell. And then suddenly, this woman's corpse just falls out hanging from the bell, and she's bleeding from her neck, and he uh, gets pretty traumatized. Oh, yeah, I saw I, it. Sure I, I <laughs> so then it comes back a year later. And, uh, you know, obviously that was when, oh, sorry, that was when Dracula was around. But then it goes a year later. And during that year were the events in uh, Taste the Blood of Dracula. <laughs> so then it comes back in a year and uh, a Mon, the Monsignor comes to visit the town and he wants to see how the how the church is running and how everything's going and he finds the altar boy who is now mute Mm. from his shocking experience and uh he gets him to take him to he's like where's the priest you know or where's your priest so he takes him to the local bar and the (laughs) priest is in there just drinking away because he's (laughs) lost his uh religion, he's lost his beliefs, and he just sits there and, and drinks all day. Nobody wants to go to the church because the shadow of Dracula's castle touches the, the church when the sun comes up. So the Monsignor is, basically states, well, you know, Dracula was killed a year ago. So why are you still afraid? So he decides he's going to go up to Dracula's castle and perform an exorcism. Mm-mm. And this may all just be show for the people in the village to allay their fears so they'll all return to church and go to church again. So he takes the priest and the two of them go up the hill or go up a mountain, basically, to get to Dracula's castle. And the priest, you know, he's, he's been drinking himself under the table for a year, so he can't <laughs> quite make it all the way up the mountain. So he stops about halfway, and the Monsignor goes the rest of the way. He gets up there, stands outside the doors of Dracula's castle, says a few prayers, some incantations, what have you, and then has a huge cross that he took from the church, and he just sticks it right between the chains and the door handles and basically hangs it on the door. So when he hangs it on the door there's suddenly thunder, which scares the priest, and he jumps up, and he falls over this rock, lands on the rocks below, and hits his head. So, of course, what happens when you hit your head on rocks? You bleed. So he bleeds on, he's bleeding onto the rock, and the blood goes along the rock and over to a frozen stream, and just happens to hit a crack in the ice, which drips it down into Dracula's mouth. Dracula's right there in the bottom <laughs> of the tree, uh, you know, nice and peaceful, but the blood it basically trickles into his mouth, and he's back up. He's awake. And he also bites the priest and takes him over as his servant. So the monsignor... Comes down, doesn't see the priest, figures he's already gone back to town. He goes down and he goes to the bar and he asks, you know, he says, Well, Dracula's taken care of. He's been exercised. His spirit is gone. And uh, I'm going back to my place. So he figures the priest is behind him somewhere. He'll show up. So he goes back where he lives with his, uh, his brother, his late brother's wife. So his. Uh, yeah his uh, sister-in-law, and their niece, his niece, who uh, is played by Veronica Carlson. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, Dracula goes up to his castle with the priest, and he sees the cross on the door. Who did this thing? He's like, just furious. And so the priest, you know, eventually tells him it was the Monsignor. So, like I said, he's out for vengeance. He goes <laughs> heading down. So he talks the priest into showing him where the Monsignor is. And he sees that Monsignor has this beautiful niece. And so of course is <laughs> getting that niece. <laughs> so she, in the meantime, has a boyfriend who's a baker and he lives in the local bakery. And uh, that just happens to be above where the priest fashions, well, basically finds a coffin, dumps the body, puts it down there with some dirt from Dracula's castle. So Dracula is basically sleeping in the basement for now.
0: Under the bakery? Under the bakery. Man, that would drive me crazy.
2: (laughs) Smelling all that bread and stuff. Well, they're not baking blood. Other than that, he doesn't care.
0: Yeah, I guess he doesn't care.
2: So... Basically, you know, as, as time goes on, he does end up biting and kidnapping uh, the Monsignor's niece. And uh, so the, the Monsignor calls Paul to basically come and help, help search for the niece. And uh, so Paul goes, unknowing that the priest is now Dracula's slave, Mm. He goes to the priest And wants help Hey, you gotta help me, you know, help me out And so There's crosses and double crosses And back and forth And eventually the priest Decides to help him out Like, Dragon was not this nice guy So I'll help him out So It eventually winds up That, uh, oh before I, before I get to that part Um, (laughs) They do find Dracula in his coffin So, you know, of course you need to drive a stake through Dracula's heart Which they do But once you drive that stake in there In this film anyway, you've got to say a prayer But The priest has lost his faith And Paul is an atheist So, you know, you can say all the prayers you want yeah, they're not going to be any good. not
0: going to work. Oh, my God. So what, can he just uh, pull the stake out if, if there's Yeah, he just
2: pulls the stake out, and he's, he's ready to go again.
0: Man, I don't remember this film. I know I've seen
2: yeah. it. The, the stake was well. put in, but wait, there's more. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, this is articles- not the end. This was only like halfway through the movie. <laughs> but, but anyway, eventually Dracula gets, uh, gets the, the niece and takes her up to his castle, has her remove the cross from the door and then she throws it over this parapet and it falls down, hits a few rocks and of course it sticks in the ground straight up. Cool. And so it's Paul, the, her boyfriend, arrives at the castle and he and Dracula are fighting it out and somehow he's able to get Dracula over that parapet and he trips over the parapet, falls and lands boom right on the cross, so the cross is basically impaling him, or he's impaled on the cross, and uh, the priest, after seeing all of this and going through all of this, has regained his faith, so he sits there and says the Lord's prayer in Latin, and Dracula eventually just turns to dust and that ah. so, but um there are other things that happened during the movie, but you have to watch it. I don't want to spoil yeah. the thing for you. Um, but yeah, this movie, like I say, was right after, uh, was right after, um, was it Taste of Dracula. And I got a couple notes here. And I'm going to have to put on my cheaters really quick. Um, so yeah, uh, Freddie Francis actually directed the film. Hmm. Terrence Fisher, who had directed the previous films, had gotten into a car accident and broke his leg, oh. so Freddie Francis took over. Um, so the direction on this film is a little different than the others, and uh, he also did something where he had the uh, the cameraman Arthur Grant use colored filters. So anytime, anytime Dracula's on the screen or they show Dracula's castle, it's got a colored hue kind of around the uh, the image. Mm. Crimson, amber, and uh, I think orange. Mm. So um, there was that. Um, oh, and the film was... This is the first one of the films that was actually filmed at Pinewood Studios, mm. which is one of the most famous. I mean, the Bond films were, were shot there. Mm-hmm. Star Wars films were shot there. You know, everything was shot. You know, Superman, I think, the original... Superman and Christopher Reeve shot scenes at Pinewood. Huh. So uh, Hammer started using Pinewood, and this was the first one there. So they did not have the, um, the approach or the road that approaches the castle. They did not have the uh, coach path, and they did not have the moat. So they had to kind of shoot around those.
0: Why didn't mm-hmm. they Jackson just?
2: Castle was like a model, anyway. So they, they didn't.
0: Had, yeah. They didn't just go. I think previously it was in Bray, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. they didn't just go back to Bray and shoot some of that
2: stuff. No, no, there's there's no more no more Bray at yeah. this point. they were doing everything at Pinewood. Okay. And then uh, one thing I saw was that Dracula and Dracula: Prince of Darkness were both banned in Australia. Didn't mm-hmm. make it past the censors. But for whatever reason, this film did pass the censors. And so it was like the first Dracula film to actually be released in Australia. It played for like three weeks at uh, the Capitol Capitol Theater in Sydney. But that was really about it. However, supposedly it is Hammer's highest grossing film in the U.S. Mm. So take that for what it's worth. Hmm. I why. But uh, yeah, it was, it was an enjoyable film. There's no Peter Cushing as Van Helsing. I mean, everything is basically the trio, although they're not always working with each other. But the Monsignor, the priest, and and Paul the baker, and <laughs> Paul the baker, <laughs> combined to bring down Dracula in this one.
1: We must destroy Dracula. We have the Monsignor, the
0: priest. And the baker. The baker the had
1: the bacon.
2: garlic bread. <laughs> there, you right. there you go. Cool. Uh, yeah, no, they add little things in all these movies. Like, I mean, I guess you were talking about the running water.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They make a big thing about that, that he can be stopped with pure running water. Um, but although they never really use that in the film. I guess I was just to explain what he was doing frozen in a stream. But uh, interesting.
0: Well, they came up with a lot of really inventive things. Some worked better than others because what is it? It it wasn't in. uh, It wasn't in Dracula 1972. It was in Satanic Rites of Dracula, right? Where what was it like the holly branch or whatever pierced him through the heart or something? Something really hokey where it just seemed like, okay he's got a twig. That killed him. It it, it was a little less like exciting, but yeah, they were always like trying to come up with ways other than somebody pounding a stake through his heart. I think right,
1: which makes sense because I mean, if if all it took was you know going in there in the morning and just put a stake in his heart,
2: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But the thing that also got me watching some of these films is if you're going to do that, you should do it like at noon. Right. Right. In the middle of the day, they always wait until just before sunset. And they go in there and it's like they don't quite get it done in time. And oh, look, the sun's going down. Oh, right.
1: Well, Jasmine had asked me when Dracula first appeared and you see up the, the stairs and, and the wall and the light goes click, click, click like someone turned off a light and it, <laughs> it, it, it you know, went, went to dark. And she's like, why don't they, you know, do this in the
2: daylight I'm like dear It would be a 10 minute movie then You know
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's That's the reality of it
2: That's right He comes walking down the stairs Hits the sunlight Poof He's gone <laughs> and the movie But these These
1: are great I, I, I'm hopeful that we can We can get back To Christopher Lee's uh, Portrayal of Dracula Sooner Rather than later On On one of our future podcasts It's a lot of fun I know we're, we're toying with the idea of, of getting into other uh, hammer monster uh, movies, but I think there's some of the universals that we need to uh, go back to maybe anyway. Um, well, I think, yeah, this,
0: yeah, this right. was fun. And I just, I think the thing like for me, like I mentioned before, is that the hammer films, like the universal movies I could watch as a kid, but I always sympathize to some degree Maybe not with Dracula, but like with Frankenstein or the Wolfman, even the mummy, you know, or the creature. I always had some sympathy for them. I always kind of, you know, had a a soft place in my heart for them and felt bad for them. The Hammer monsters, I pretty much, they just scared the shit out of me. (laughs) And, you know, the stuff going on in the Hammer movies... Uh, I know it probably seems like nothing today to people when they watch these these films. The the level of violence has escalated so much. But like to be like an eight-year-old kid and to see like these women get staked and and the blood spurting out and stuff, it was like, holy crap, it was really scary stuff. And, and they oh, screamed yeah. a
1: lot too. So there, there was, oh. you know, there's a gravitas to they didn't just
2: go, uh oh,
1: <laughs> you're
2: kind of like oh yeah yeah well plus the actors they got I mean Christopher Lee like, you, like we were mentioning is well over six feet you know Frankenstein yeah. they got well Christopher Lee played Frank, the Frankenstein monster in one movie but then you've got uh, David Prowse
0: mm-hmm.
2: in horror Frankenstein and then uh, even Oliver Reed you know playing the right. werewolf and Curse of the Werewolf mm-hmm. they're all very imposing Right. So, absolutely. And, yeah, and a just...
0: lot of their stories, you know, like this Dracula, you might be able to come up with some reason for Bela Lugosi's Dracula, Although I think he was still pretty evil. But like this Dracula, he really is like satanic. He just, oh, yeah. there's nothing about him where you feel like, oh, this poor guy. It's like. No, I, this guy scares the crap out of me. I don't want to be around him. I don't want to, I don't want to get him taking revenge on me and my family.
1: Right. And, and, you know, you, you grab the woman, you're like, stand behind me. You are the spawn of Satan, Dracula. And Christopher Lee with his bloodshot eyes just goes. "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to bite me, Dracula? (laughs) Will we survive the night? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean some of the and then like some of the other films they made um, I don't even remember what it was but I remember being really small and watching I think it was Vampire Circus mm. and there was some scene in Vampire Circus where I just remember getting up turning the TV off and like running into the other room where my folks were nope, nope, I, was, I was like nope 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 nope
2: a,
1: a young walker just going I'm out.
0: I'm out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. A vampire films that really did did it for me. Werewolves, though, uh, I could always get scared by a good werewolf.
0: And I always thought werewolves were like dogs, and I love dogs, so they never scared me that much.
1: Uh, the American Werewolf in London scared me. Okay. The, the whole. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> But um, vampires never really scared me. I always felt sorry for Frankenstein. And I'll tell you what scared me. And and I know at some point we're going to talk about this was Penny Dreadful, the seance that they had. And she got possessed. And I was as an adult, that was disturbing.
0: Well, Penny Dreadful was great because you could tell they took a lot of influence from. The Universal stuff, but also Hammer Mm-hmm. Um, they really they really and the a books lot of, yeah um, they will a lot yeah. of different influences together yeah
1: so. it's a fun series and one of the best portrayals of the frankenstein creature in my book i mean i ease up there with karloff in my opinion i mean that guy is just phenomenal
0: it, it's interesting because i've seen that actor now in a number of different roles and uh there's a Series on Netflix called *The Diplomat*, which, if you haven't seen it, is is really good. And he plays the uh, British Prime Minister. It's just so funny to see see him in that role. Well,
1: it's like seeing um, you know we're watching *X Files* and Jasmine calls you know it's Scully and Mulder, but she's she calls them. Like Scully Mulder, so Molly Sculder or something like that. I can't remember. She she switches it up. So she played the Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher in The Crown. Yeah, and I'm like, wow. You know,
2: that was that was interesting. But anywho, yep.
1: um, this was good. This was fun. We have to come back to this. This is our new a version of the sensor sweep where we all kind of share something, but Karen, we're going to let you go first. You have something uh, fun and fantastic.
0: I'm going to go first. I I don't even know what to do because I don't, I don't do it that much. Um, (laughs) So uh, just going uh, with the theme tonight of hammer films. uh, One of my favorite reference books for hammer is this book by Sinclair McKay called "A Thing of Unspeakable Horror: The History of Hammer Films"? Mm-hmm. Not too much glare on it; you can actually see it here. Um, this is a really nice uh, paperback book that kind of goes chronologically and talks about the, you know, the history of Hammer, how the studio came together, the people behind it. And then they also um, will talk about the different films as they go chronologically through what was happening at Hammer, and there's some nice photos and things in the book. Um, but if you're interested in Hammer and um, how all those films came together and how the people worked together, uh, I would recommend this book. It's a nice read. It's you know almost 300 pages. Um, I think I probably got this off Amazon, but I'm sure you could probably get it there. So, uh, yeah, highly recommend this book.
1: Nice. Chief, did you want to go next or you want me to jump in?
2: Oh, I can jump in, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, recently it's just on a whim searching eBay, which I do quite often. I found from Thailand, a Shin Ultraman popcorn bucket <laughs> which uh, is kind of weird because if you look at it <laughs> it looks just like a bust of Ultraman yeah yeah you know, it's like well, how is how is that a popcorn bucket <laughs> well on the back there's a little trap door and you open wow. that and he's hollow inside so I guess that's where you put it or eat the popcorn out of uh, but you know, it's not like I'm going to be eating popcorn out of this thing. I just got it because it looked like a cool, a cool <laughs> Ultraman bust. Cool Ultraman bust. Very nice. And of course, in July, which uh, I'm going to double check here because I'm screwing up all my dates lately. Um, yeah, July 21st through the 23rd, we're of course doing UltraFest at the Four Star Theater in San Francisco. And if you go to bay dot com slash ultraman, uh, we've got the whole list of films that we're showing, and uh, we're going to be adding individual episodes to that, but we're waiting for approval. but uh, we'll have some cool stuff there, uh, some exclusives that you can only get at the show, and uh, we'll have some giveaways and prizes and vendors and the whole the whole shoot match nice. so uh, Check, check it out. Um, tickets will be going on sale soon. So if you uh, keep an eye on bayareafilmevents.com or check out our Facebook page, we'll have announcements on all those. And you can also get on our mailing list and be the first to know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I've been doing lately. Godzilla Fest will be coming up in August, but we'll get more into that as we get closer to that date.
1: Excellent. Um, I was very fortunate. Uh, There is a company called the Shrunken Monkey. And um, I'm not sure if it's on Facebook or Twitter, but I know they're on Instagram. Uh, There is a convention that is held in Florida called Spooky Empire, and they just celebrated their 20th anniversary. Um, Rico Browning uh, famously portraying the creature had been to that convention for a number of times. Unfortunately, I never saw him there. I've never made it out there. But um, I put out a request on the interwebs. Please, 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 if anyone was going to uh, Spooky Empire, uh, pick up this year's Tiki mug that is done by the Shrunken Monkey, uh, an homage to the creature.
2: Ooh. And this
0: Tiki oh, mug. Very nice. Very
2: cool. I put out the same message on mine, but I had no friends going. So. Beautifully. I got nothing. I'll well, buy it for like $600 you know, on eBay.
1: It's going for, for a pretty penny on eBay, but I guess mugs from years past, there's a Jason mug out there from Spooky Empire. The uh, so folks at Shrunken Monkey uh, had a post on Instagram and they were just so pissed at, at the resell. Um, there was a limit of two mugs, person and you know people are more than making you know money off of this unfortunately um anyway uh, last year's mug and then year before the, the prices kind of come down they don't come down to retail which was 40 bucks but you know you can avoid the three or two or three hundred dollars i don't know what it's going for on ebay right now but i, I know they did have some on ebay but anyway it is a very cool tiki mug. Um, Bob, I didn't get a chance to ask you. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2 uh, is coming out uh, soon. Will you, uh, will you guys be going out to see it?
2: Oh, I'm sure we probably will. That's coming out. The Flash is coming out. We have well, I'm hearing good Mondays. things
1: for, yeah. for yeah. Spider-Man.
2: Yeah.
1: What about you, Walker? I know you're, you're definitely going to go see.
0: Yeah, I've got tickets for Spider-Man for this Saturday.
1: Excellent. I haven't gotten my tickets yet. Uh, well, you know, Bob, I won't say why, Walker, I won't say why. I'm so excited about the Flash movie. But, but there's a certain superhero who's, you know, going to be in it. And, um... It's not the Flash. It's a friend of the Flash, who's in another film that I really, really like. But again, I won't say. Are you, honor.
0: Are you afraid it's going to start an argument?
1: I, about, well, you know, it might. It might. A so certain I'll, movie. Certain movie with two certain superheroes. But anyway,
2: I, I digress. Yeah, I was just going to say, before I got inundated, that I do have tickets on Monday for Shin Common Rider which is a oh. fun and uh, it's actually playing tonight during this recording, but I'm here, so <laughs> luckily there's an uh, Encore screening on Monday, so I'll be heading over there on Monday.
1: Nice. Glad you were able to get uh, tickets for that show. I, I know it was kind of like, no! <laughs> I
2: don't know, everything, everything's kind of going that way right now, but... C'est la vie.
1: You're a busy man. I'm excited to say, and unfortunately I'm, I'm a couple of weeks late, but the 1970s version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers is playing, uh, at a, can't think of the name of the venue in Berkeley uh, on a Wednesday next week. So I'll be going out there with some friends watching that. Ooh. Fun fact, I've never seen that movie on the big screen
2: Really?
0: Yeah. I don't think I have either.
2: Yeah. I did when it first came out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bonus points if it was at a drive-in.
2: No, I think it was at a theater. Uh,
1: (laughs) Still, I'm envious. And, you know, one of the things I was telling Jasmine, now that Will doesn't do Thrillville up here anymore, that's where I would see, like, these obscure... Well, I guess it's not obscure, but a lot of these movies that I'd otherwise watch, you know, at home... You know, streaming or on on Blu-ray or DVD. So it's kind of cool that they're doing that.
0: Or, you, or you, a lot of the stuff Will would show, you might never see it anywhere because <laughs> you might never have heard of it. I mean, that was sort of the beauty of the thing. You never. And sometimes you knew what you were getting. You know, it might be like, uh, you know, Jason and the Argonauts. It's like, oh right. yeah. I love this movie. And then the next time, it might be something like um, Dolomite. <laughs> I was going
1: to say, one of my fondest memories is Rudy Ray Moore's Dolomite and just the shock of, you
2: know. That was, Did you see was, that movie, Bob? No, no, I didn't.
1: No, no. It, so it,
2: it, it's it was,
0: up there with
1: Ganja and Hess.
0: It was an education.
1: <laughs> it was, well, to, well, That's
2: not a ringing endorsement, by the way. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well.
1: Well, anyway, my friends. Uh, this this was a fun episode as always. Um any last minute shout-outs or or thoughts on on Hammer Dracula, Christopher Lee or anything well, else.
2: We that... can do this again sometime. We have what, four more movies or three more movies to Yeah. Uh, talk we, can, about?
0: we can pick up the rest and I mean, I, like I I said before we uh, when we were planning it originally, I was really torn because I was also interested in doing Dracula 1972 Um and then wound up going with with Prince of Darkness. But, yeah, I could definitely see doing rounding out the rest of the films.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to go back into it.
0: And, you know, um, Christopher Lee is just such a fascinating guy Um when you look into his life and all the stuff he did and. um you know, he was in World War II, apparently he was working in intelligence and, and as an actual spy and, you know, could speak, I think, like eight different languages. And I mean, this was a guy who lived a larger than life life and was also an actor, um, just an amazing person.
1: Absolutely.
2: He could speak eight languages, but still didn't want to speak in the Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> he could have speak made up eight some languages. Esperanto language in Dracula or
1: <laughs> Esperanto would have been great.
2: Transylvanian Esperanto. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, my friends, this uh, and and, uh, friends out in the interwebs who are watching us on YouTube and sharing it with your friends. Remember, like, subscribe and comment. Um, Of course, we're out on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and and uh, everywhere. Fine podcasts are shared out on the Internet. We appreciate you guys. We thank you for tuning in again, hanging out with us, um, you know, watch the films, or if you've watched them, let us know what some of your favorite moments were in, in the movies we discussed today. We always appreciate hearing from you guys. Stay safe, take care, peace out. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www where you
2: can get more information on this episode's topic.
0: For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast.
2: Or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Planet8Podcast. We
1: want to thank you guys for tuning in
2: each and every episode.
1: We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet8 signing off. End transmission.
2: By George, he's got
1: it. It is the end. still see you as the prince of darkness does this bother you once well, a fairly high rank